This is Compas Unfiltered, and I'm your host, Checo. It's your co-host, Noe. What up? Yes, sir. Uh, big shout out. Thank you for everybody who has been subscribing, following, and uh, liking the Facebook page. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, obviously YouTube. Everybody Twitter. who listens. What's up, bro? Twitter. Oh, I mean Twitter. I always forget about the Snapchat. Twitter, right? Snapchat. TikTok. We got a TikTok now. We don't have any videos yet, but we're, we're on there. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for who has been following us, who's listening to us religiously on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you do listen to us, we're on all uh, audio platforms for podcasts. And um, yeah, man, thank you, thank you to you guys, man, showing that support, showing uh, all those messages. Sagradecen mucho. Um, so today we have un compa that um, I've met in high school. Compa, no, I met him first. Este, he's cool as he's a cool as dude, bro. Um, el compa Yusuf. Welcome to Compa's Unfilter, el brother. Com- el compa Yoyo. Yo-yo. Compa Yoyo. Yoyo works. <laughs> hey, what's up, my brother? How are you guys? Thank you for coming on for the second time. This is actually a, a re-recording from... Oh, we fumbled the bag. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that, that's, that's facts right there, bro. Um, and before we started the podcast, bro, I was telling you how appreciative we are that you, you made it back out, bro, because we know you're super busy. You know, with the with the businesses, you know, your entrepreneurship is is on point, is on key and shit. So, we appreciate you coming on, bro. Taking the time, you know, we know time is money. Time, you know, is valuable. So we we really appreciate you coming on, bro. No, this is cool. One hundred percent, bro. Um, well, no, you touched on it a little bit. You know, you're an entrepreneur, bro. Uh, accomplished. I do all right. You're doing all right. You're doing, doing all right. Okay. <laughs> homie, real Grinding, humble right man. now. Yeah. Homie, real I, humble I still, right now. I still work. I, you know, I get up. <laughs> And work. So we want to hear a little bit about your story, man, your upbringing. um, And then we're going to get into, uh, you know, with all this going on with now uh, pre-pandemic, now um, what happened with during the pandemic, you know, being a business owner. But just a little bit about your background, brother, you know, like where you grew up, where you come from. Well, I mean, I'm brown like you guys. My name's different. So immediately it's like, where are you from? Um, Because Durango. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Durango. Um, but no, I'm actually Palestinian um, and a quarter Lebanese. My mom's half Lebanese. Uh, I was born in Jerusalem in Palestine, free Palestine, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, came here when I was about four years old um, with my family. We moved to New York, stayed out there for about a year. My dad was grinding, you know, he was always a hard worker and that's kind of where I've gotten it from. He implanted that in me in a very young age, you know. Um, so we were out there for about a year, and then he just made that, you know, it's the that story that every immigrant, you know, wishes to have in America. You know, I would just come here and be away from a third world country where it's war ravaged, poverty, a shitty government, you know, no government. I mean, Palestine doesn't even get recognition, so I, you know, my dad's one of 12. He's the oldest. You know, I couldn't even imagine what that journey was like when he brought his three kids to a world unknown, you know? So, um, but yeah, I I came here when I was about four or five years old. Um, The New York thing didn't really work out. They moved out to Chicago. My dad had a sister out here. Um who we're very close with. She's got, like, five kids. Um, I'm big on family. I got a big family. I love family. Um, We all work together. We push each other. Um, 
so after the New York thing, we moved to Chicago, um, suburbs basically. You know, we um, Salem Walk was actually where we moved to. It's like Northbrook Apartments, and literally a two bedroom with three kids and my dad and my mom. We lived there for about four years, and well, my dad's always grinded. He had stores on the west side of Chicago, right outside of Humboldt Park. Um, you know, twelve years of you can only imagine the stories that he's seen or dealt with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I went to school. I met Noe uh, at Glenbard East when I moved to Lombard. My, my parents constantly moved. I mean, we were going from, you know, and it's because, you know, the system that's here. You know, as an immigrant, it's hard. People like, don't have credit. They don't have a name. They don't have credit cards. They don't have bank accounts. They don't have anything really established. So they have to learn all that. Um, and that's difficult, you know, and it was cool because, as kids, like we were kind of the median for our parents. Like you know, I'm sure you guys were. You were translating yeah. and yeah, filling out forms that we had no business filling out. You know, um, legally probably couldn't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been behind the register my whole life, man. Um, I was 12, 13 years old selling new cigarettes on the west side of Chicago. You know, so I've always. Um, had that entrepreneur mindset. My dad and my family instilled that in us. Like ownership has always been, you know, something that is been of high praise and value. Where do you think your dad got that from, bro? Like uh, coming from a third world country like that, moving here and not having the mentality of like, like per se, my parents, bro. And I don't want to put it on like a lot of Hispanics, but for us, it's like hard work, hard work, save money, save money. Um, but is it's it's not a lot, bro, like that want to own or maybe they want to own, but they don't jump. You know, I think it's changing. You know, I, I think the old school mentality and it was, you know, ownership has been, you know, something that they've discouraged for so long because they know the power of it. You know what I mean? People go to great lengths to, you know, maintain their ownership stake in whatever it is, you know, Um. I think it's just that. I think it's the mentality of working a steady job and getting a steady check and just being comfortable. Um, but that's an individual's, like, you know, perspective and mindset. I mean, that's everybody's different, right? Right. So. But the fact that you saw your pops do it, you think that pushed you even more to, like, not, not settle? Because, like you said, you're still comfortable. You're working hard. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Yeah. Um, there's still a, a – it's very respected to – grind hard you know and save your money buy your house you know live live comfortably you know what i mean not every not everybody wants the stress behind being an owner because it, it's not just being yeah. an owner it definitely comes with different levels of stress and different levels of responsibility um so we definitely you know you want to credit that too yeah um i mean to answer your question blatantly i mean it, it just like um i i really don't think it's instilled or the community really doesn't build it together. Like the Hispanic community, I feel like can kind of like um, they fight one another and it tears up the community instead of building it up. Um, but and it's all in where you're at, too. I mean, location, location, location. Right. I mean, everybody's a product of their environment. So it's what you're going to be experienced to. So, I mean, if I grew up in the west side of Chicago to those kids that. Like, man, that humbled the shit out of me, you know, seeing that and, you know, 
like seeing that other world, you know, like, so, yeah. And you said you move, you guys moved a lot. Uh, what was the reason behind that to move it was so just much? The time that my dad took to establish the credit, um, you know, and just build his. So name just a progress. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my dad, you know, after um, after September 11th, um, there was a lot of racism towards the Arab community, right? So my dad had a store in Glenview, Illinois, which is um, predominantly white, Republican. Um, you know, high money, conservative values. I shouldn't say Republican, but just conservative values. Um, and they took that out on him. You know, that business he bought for a quarter million dollars, he ended up selling it for 70, you know, just, and he, we ended up uh, selling the house in Lombard. Remember, he had yeah. the, so, I mean, that, the resilience that my dad showed me, like every time that he did fail, he got right back up, you know, and that, that's something that I've just always been a firm believer of. And that, and that is definitely dope as hell, bro. But so that that store he sold for seventy, bro, lost so much on it. Did he sell it to somebody that was white? Is that uh, business it was still prospering? Okay, um, so it was different. It was an empty lot now. It was a grocery store. I mean, there was a Dominic's that opened up like towards. Uh, are you familiar with Glenview yeah. at all? Uh, you know where the Glen opened up. I'm not that familiar. I just okay. know where it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I know that's okay. where the rich folks live. You know what I mean? Right. So they built a naval base, but there was a Dominic's. That oh, okay, okay. It. it was a it was a grocery store. He had a meat deli, um, you know, section, and I was just small. wondering if like a white person bought it and it would, you know it prospered no, after that, or no, they you know they kept closing. supporting it. They ended, ended up closing, closing it. So it just yeah. you know. But it was in the it was in immigrants' hands for a while. Like that business had been there. Pre, with previous Arab owners, you know, they were actually Jordanian. Um, and then my cousins at some point had it. I mean, that store had just been a, yeah. passed along. It was just the timing yeah. of everything that happened, all yeah. the, everything His that occurred. went down tremendously. Like, I would watch the numbers. He was doing 2500 a day. It went down to $800 a day. Damn. It's a big difference. Huge. You know, and, and that's just people just not shopping there anymore. That's what it was. I mean, yeah. not yeah. supporting. Just, not supporting. Yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, it was the stigma of an Arab. Supporting an Arab business you know in what? that area in that time, and now that you're we all live that, in different times, um, right. I wonder if Asians are dealing with the same thing right now, bro. I'm because sure. of you know, I'm sure the pandemic and them being blamed, you know, ignorantly. You know what I mean? Like just, but I'm sure they're dealing with something similar to what your dad went through. You know what well, I mean? You guys saw the security footage of that uh, Asian woman that got beat in the hotel, yeah, yeah. Or, or right outside in those. Yeah, security. I saw it, bro. I swear. It's like it's just ignorance, I wish. bro. It's I just wish ignorance, that happened you know? in front of me. I don't care how big this man is. Those security guards were cowards. Yeah, they were cowards, and that—that's a fucking shame that there isn't more men in the world like that. You know, that, that could have went and handled the business because that—that was wrong. And yeah, the Asian community, I'm sure, is feeling it. Um, and what's the solution for government? They pump more money into it. <laughs> we talk about this. Yeah. Let's create initiatives. <laughs> yeah. Yo, before we jump into that, because I know that's going to be... That, yeah, that's going to be big. Um, so you mentioned one of the times your dad has, you know, has yeah. survived or, you know, gone through something rough. Um, whenever you came on the first time, bro, that we, we missed, and I, I thought it was a great story, was when the Bulls, you know, won the championship. Oh. And you had told us that story. Yeah, I wanted yeah, you yeah. to jump into that a little bit, because it was such a great and touching story, bro, that I don't yeah. want to miss out on that, you know? Well, and I don't want our listeners to miss out on it, you know what I mean? That was his first business. So my dad worked um, for a Puerto Rican guy um, who owned the store. Uh, this was on Augusta and Hamlin. Um, 
and he purchased the business in like 1991 um he worked there he actually like was making payments on the business as the guy was leaving so my dad again didn't know anything about insurance policies um you know, there wasn't really much help. And if you don't ask questions here, I mean, you can get into a rabbit hole of, like, you know, business accounting, um, you know, attorneys, everything that you would need. Um, so he didn't have that baseline. So it was his first business. He was making his, you know, was again, on the west side of Chicago, shitty area. Um, the business was held up nine times within the 12 years he was there. So rough neighborhood. Um but um, when the Bulls, that's funny, I got all the Bulls gear and stuff. I, sh I should actually not be wearing them because they, they came out in support of Israel um, oh. instead of the bombing of Palestinian kids. But we'll, we won't even get into that right now. Um, but, yeah, when the Bulls won, it's ironic that I got this on. I'm, like, representing on this podcast for it. But, um, that Talk was about one, timing, dude. <laughs> that was one of the biggest, like, Challenges that I see my dad go through at a young age. I must have been like seven years old, eight years old. To me, Michael Jordan, the Bulls were everything. You know, I, I I loved everything about basketball, and I think I really didn't know anything about it. But I would watch my grandpa watch it, and my grandpa's from the Middle East. He barely speaks a lick of English at the time. Like, why are you so captured and captivated by this guy? But he knew something was great. Yeah, about he was watching it. And I was a kid, too, and I, I'd always, like, I cherish those times. Like, those are memories you can't ever get back, you know. Um, but watching that, those great teams and the Bulls, that's your childhood. And, you know, we're all about the same age, so I think we all remember those times where we were and stuff. Um, but I'd always watch the games with my grandfather, and um, when it got close to the playoff time, um, my dad would come home a little bit concerned, you know, um, and, you know, he told my mom, I, I never really see my dad, like, scared, but, you know, you, you see your man, like, shit, there's something going on. Um, and that's when he said, hey, I got to go and protect the store. Um, you know, and my mom's like, no, this was 1992, so this is when the Trailblazers won. Um, she's like, no, so she kind of talked him out of it. That year, um, the store got looted. So they tore up the west side of Chicago. Like, they, they left nothing. There was a crackhead that walked out of the, the bathroom when my dad was in there. You know, they, they took all the cereal, the tobacco, the cash register, the lottery. They broke windows. You know, they busted it open. They were celebrating, you know. Let's destroy the businesses in our community, you know. Um, so that was one of the times that my dad took a major setback. And I think, like, he was like, damn, why did I even come to this country? You know, this is hard. Um, well, he made it back from that. I mean, the business had, like, maybe $100,000 in inventory in there. Um, his insurance claim only covered, like, 25000 So I saw him. Well, what is that sound? What's going on? I'm not sure what that is. Is that your phone? No, that's not my phone. Oh. Interesting. Anyways. <laughs> dude, I thought it was the fucking door when you walk into a store like that. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, we got some sound time. effects. Yeah, you check yeah. on that, check out. I'm going to take Real a quick. water break. Yeah. Go ahead, check on that. I don't know what we'll it is. We'll be right back. Might as well throw in that Lumber Mix. Yeah. Go ahead. Shout out to our sponsor, Lumber Mix. Some of the best Michelada mix around. They also have chamoy for all your beverage rim needs and three flavors. Original, mango, and watermelon. Put that thing on everything. 
Also, for all the candy lovers, they have watermelon gummies and peach rings. It's a mix of gummy candy with chamoy. Just fire. Now follow all of their social media to see what store is near you. Y que no se apague la lumbre. We're good. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. We getting back into our, our my yeah. story? Back yeah, to, we're yeah. back. We're um, back. So go ahead. Okay. And yeah, we're back. I, so, yeah, we were just talking about my dad, um, you know, I believe you were overcoming in the, challenges and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you were on the inventory, bro. So he had over 100K in inventory yeah, in the store. And insurance only paid out 25K. So, I mean, I literally watched him, like, rebuild that whole store back up, you know, with that 25K. So he had to flip that to get to back to where it was before. And then continue. Exactly. So it's just one of those things. Um, life is hard, man. America's hard. Everything is hard. You just got to work. You got to get up and be resilient and, you know, figure it out. And I, re I remember... Um like this guy said, we met in high school and shit. So I remember you taking me out to one of those stores, and I don't remember exactly where that store was, but I mean, it was not a it was not a pretty site, you know. What I mean, no. it was it was back for me. It was back to being in the ghetto, bro. Like it was it was definitely a bad neighborhood, you know. Yeah. Um, but you wanted to show me, like, yo, this is what my dad owns, you know. And I was like, oh damn, bro, this is what it means to own something. Like, oh shit, you know, like. Yeah. No, and that was instilled in me at a really young age, you know, and. I, that, that's something that my family, like even my brother, so I'm one of four. I'm the oldest uh, of four brothers, but I'm the caretaker. So to me, like, I always wanted to build an empire where I could take care of my family, too. You know what I mean? Um, and that was just a goal that, you know, my dad instilled in me, you know, that you don't give up and you own something. This is yours. You know what I mean? So ownership was definitely passed on to me at a really young age. Um and rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. He always talked about ownership. I mean, he was talking about crypto back then. He was talking 18. about crypto back I wish I was Bro, listening, dude, back I, I, then. I love that. You know, it, it's that story is crazy. Like, like, died in front of his own plaza. That's just wild. Um, but, I mean, if I'm in the hood, I'm getting out once I get money. There's no way I'm staying. You know, because we were talking about everybody's a product of their environment. It's not a place... We would live. My dad, we didn't live in that neighborhood that he owned the store in. Right. But he couldn't own a store in the white neighborhoods. He wasn't there yet. Yeah. He try to get something there. in Woodfield or something. No, you know no, what I mean? No. Like, it's like you're paying crazy. It's it's probably levels. And, and he didn't you, even know. He didn't even know what a lease was. He didn't even know what lease negotiations were. Like, you got to understand when immigrants come here, they don't, there isn't a, like, playbook for them, like, how to do this. Right. You just got to figure it out. Um, what do you? So I have a quick question behind the when he was working for for the Puerto Rican owner, bro. You think that's also like life, bro? Perfect timing. You know what I mean? Just just that everything, itself. Everything is the, uh, timing. Yeah, you right? think so? So just because of the way you said it, like he was working at this store, and then he just jumped into you know paying it off, and like yeah. he wanted to be the owner of that location. But there's probably also some timing there, you know, where this guy is ready to leave the store and sell it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, um, which was cool because the the actually the Puerto Rican uh, guy was just getting old, and he didn't want to run the store anymore. But his brother Ray, man, this guy was awesome in the back room. Uh, old school Puerto Rican cat, like with thick mustache, but like mentality, don't fuck with me. Like, so he was he was in there, and you needed to have that mentality out there. You know, he ended up working for my dad for like another eight or nine years while he had that store. You know, so. That's what's up, man. Well, that's some that's some great story there, bro. Yeah. yeah. 
don't get it doesn't get any better than that to hear a story like um of an immigrant coming from any country bro yeah any country. and and making it in this country becoming an owner um and love where you guys are at now too bro you know what i mean dude this is a land of opportunity like it really didn't hit me until i went back to the middle east this last time with my parents in 20 pre-pandemic i think we went in 2019 um I thank my dad every day on that trip for bringing us to the United States when he did. Because what's funny is my dad's got, like I said, he's one of 12. His youngest brother is six days younger than me. So we're basically the same age. So it's kind of cool like to see somebody that grew up there, what I would look like. you know, in a And sense, what it would like, be like. I'm looking into a mirror. Yeah, what, what would I be like if I lived here? Because that would be my experience, right? So. And how is how how is it out there? Like I mean, because I go to Mexico and I feel the same exact way you do. Um, but then you look around too in Mexico, bro. There's there's a lot of wealthy people, bro. There's a lot of people that are doing. You have a government th- that are very well off. You know, you have a government. So out there is nothing like that. Like everybody is suffering. The unique thing about where I'm from, I'm Palestinian. It's occupied territory. The government is a joke in there. Israel controls the water supply, the gas, the money flow, everything. So it's controlled. There's no guns. The police are, bro, they got duct tape on their guns. I'm not even kidding. It's it's like, it's a joke, you know. Um, It's an occupied territory. Our land's, you know, getting taken away from us, um, you know, little by little. It's been happening since 1948. So little by little, it's just... Yeah, they just and that's what these fightings have been about, you know. Like they're going into neighborhoods, kicking out um, Palestinian owners, like this home. And I really think that's something that I might be like where it triggers me is because we don't have a home as Palestinians, and ownership gets taken away from us. So we're we're like, no, that's never going to happen. so and I think that's in every Palestinian's blood and DNA is like we hold on to this because we don't have a country on the map. Like you Google it, it's not there. You know, there is no stable government. It's um, it's there's no currency. It runs on the Israeli sh- uh, shekel is what it's called. Um, so there's no government. There's no police. It's just whatever so- Israel decides right so on the way here bro and i was i mean we've been cool for a long long time bro we like i said we don't see each other as much because you're definitely very busy bro um but on the way here i was thinking like man like thinking back to when we met when we would hang out um and the level of respect that i had for you bro um being palestinian and always rapping bro it wasn't like because you look hispanic you know so you would always get that you're always yeah, like oh yeah. where you from oh, it's paisa or whatever I, mean, a, I love my latinas yeah so, sure. <laughs> so yeah, bless good. god bless your women yeah so it was beautiful. like um thank you for for saying that bro yeah, yeah, appreciate yeah. that so um yeah so i was thinking on the way here about like man this guy's always wrapped it and the level of respect that i have for you for doing that because as Hispanics, I feel like we're super proud of being Mexican and, you know, the Mexican flag and just our people, you know, hardworking people. Same same with you guys, bro. But the fact that, you know, there's like in our school, just for you know example, there's not a, that many Palestinians in the school. But yet you never let go of that. You know, like yeah. you you were always repping it. You were always so proud to be Palestinian. And to me, I feel like I had a different level of respect for you for that, bro. Um 
because everybody wants to be a sheep. You know, like they want to they want to follow. They want to be what's cool. They want to be what you know. And you would hang out with the Hispanic crowd or with anybody, right? You were open to anyone, yeah, right? I had a few rough You're, years back then too, <laughs> but you were never like want to be me or want to no. be us or want you know. You can't. You, you were you, unique. bro. You were you, and um, it sounds easy to say, bro, but a lot of people don't live like that. You know, a lot of people live like oh. I'm I'm with this crowd. That's that's what I am. You know, that's what I'll be for now. You know what I mean? And you were never that, bro. So you know what I mean? Just want to give you big props on that, bro. And until this day, bro, I, sometimes you post on Snap or something. I still see the Palestinian flag. Um, it's in the car. Yeah, it's in the car. You know what I mean? Oh, and like, and, and since back then, bro, I remember riding the Mustang with you, bro. Oh. Convertible Palestinian flag on there, um, and I would just be like, damn, that's dope, bro. Like you're not you're not letting go of your roots, your no. culture. Your upbringing, like Would I go live there, probably not. Um, and that was going to be my next question, and I don't want to uh, dive too deep uh, into it, but I had a question behind that, bro. So you guys see them struggle. Is there anything that um, your family does um, for you know what I love Palestine? My little, my little brother Yezan, uh, check him out. He's on Instagram, Yezan Musleh. Um, he's been at every single rally that's been in Chicago. I think one of the Sundays they had like 25,000 people uh, at one of the rallies. He actually got a really cool photo op holding the Palestinian flag. That's dope. Um, and a lot of Palestinians are like, that. they hold on to that because we don't have it. And the struggle is still there. We're an oppressed people. Like, you know, things, people's lands and lives get destroyed. I mean, they killed countless kids just this, you know, 11 days of bombardment, you know. and. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you saw, did you guys see the videos of like the rockets being fired from Gaza? I did. I did. Man, that was wild. That Iron Dome system is amazing. It does not miss. They got like 90% of the rockets down. But think about it. Like Israel's got the biggest arsenal in the Middle East. I mean, and we supplied that. The United States gives them that money. They give them that authority. Our policies that our elected officials, you know, put in place are what uh, enables that to happen so um, but I mean we man there's like you can post about it on social media you can talk about it with your friends you can get frustrated um, I'm just big on man energy and like you know I try not to like <clears throat> look at that stuff because it'll just bring me down and I don't want to be down I, I'm I own gyms for a living, man. I, like, I have to be positive. I, I've got a team I take care of. I've got, you know, so many people that depend on me that I, I don't want that energy, you know. So try to focus, you know, on uplifting. And, you know, it, I tell my story because everybody's got their own story, you know. Um, and everybody's unique. Everybody's got their, you know, everybody everybody's different. But there is a common... Um, you know, den- denominator and that at the end of the day, people generally are all good. It doesn't matter where they come from, you know. Um, you show me respect, I'm going to show you respect. At the end of the day, that's just what it is. Um, and I don't have time for petty bullshit. Um, I, you know, I, I've dabbled as the oldest of four boys. Trust me, I tried everything. <laughs> like, and you have to be unique. You got to be yourself, um, and you got to love yourself before you love anybody. Anyways, I mean, as corny as that sounds, it's, it's real. It's yeah. it's real. Um, you know, am am I where I want to be at in my life um, professionally? Yeah, I I don't see 
um, you know, me wanting to do anything else. Like, I help people come in and work out. Like, it, it's awesome. And I love my team. Shout out to my team. You know, I got an area manager. I've got managers for each of the locations. I have uh, seven Anytime Fitness locations, five in Illinois, one hey, in go Indiana. Ahead. One in go Florida. ahead. Say that one more time. How many? Humble Flex. started <laughs> with one. I started with actually 50% of one, which I still have in uh, St. John, Indiana. We opened that one. And that was my dream, man. I um, So after a rough patch in Illinois and, you know, getting involved with the wrong people around here. Um, you know, I was 18, 19. We, I graduated Glenbardi's 2004, which was weird, man, because, like, my parents moved my senior year. Like, I had to make new friends, like, and it was annoying. I was on a baseball team, you know, my junior year. I get to Glenbardi's. These guys are state champs the year before. Ain't no way I'm making that team. They're not even going to talk to me. These kids have been groomed and put in this position. Right. So, um, I love the fact that my parents did move a lot. It allowed me to be more um, open to meeting a ton of people. You know, uh, where I grew up in Des Plaines, uh, man, Maine East was awesome, bro. It, there was Indians, Eastern Europeans, Chinese, Koreans. It was everything. Des Plaines is really diverse. They're crazy. Super. Crazy. And it's because the O'Hare uh, is right there, yeah. the airport. Um yeah, it's an interesting area. It's a weird mix, a melting pot, so to say, you know? Yeah. So when I moved to Lombard, it was culture shock a little bit because there wasn't, you know, as much diversity. It was more white, black, Hispanic, um, few Asians, few Filipinos. Here and there. I feel like the minorities were small crowds. It wasn't they like were. a and major. That's why we stuck together. Right. It we was a to. small crowd, you know? Because we were outcasted because we were different, so. Very different, right? Man. I mean, melanin. This. <laughs> hey, and the culture back then, bro, talk about XXLs and, you know, dressing different. Um, and now I sit back and think about it. I'm like, man, I wonder what these people thought. I mean, these people are dressed normal. Bro, and, you look and, at your pictures. You see how baggy you're That's what I'm saying. Are. And these people that were, you know, born and raised in Lombard and uh, surrounding areas there, bro, they're they're wearing clothes that fit them, you know? Yeah. And it's well, like. They had it. I mean, yeah, my parents, we shopped at Montgomery Ward, Kmart. Venture, whatever was yeah. cheap. That's, That's wild, what, man. You know, and you don't get that until you build it. I mean, you have to, like, I mean, we grew up poor, you know, but my dad always made sure that there was food on the table. And every new year for school, I got a pair of Jordans, you know, and that I had to last that whole year with that one pair. So you took them off to play basketball? And you're like, all right, nah, let me take that. I didn't use the shit out of them. I wish I would have kept them. You probably um, should have. No, they got donated somewhere better, for sure. Oh, yeah. Somebody made use of them. Uh, can we go now into the business side of everything, uh, pre-pandemic, and how you've been dealing with uh, all that stuff, me, man? Or is there something get, else you want to... Yeah, let me... So when we moved out to Indiana, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. went to school. So I, I don't want to like make it seem like I just worked at my dad's stores. I actually... My first job was at Toys R Us in Niles. Um, shout out to Toys R Us. I was a seasonal employee. Um, ended up getting into a fight. Who are so, you shouting out, brother? It's out yeah, of business. They're, not, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> shout out to the... Yeah, I yeah. guess the people they're who gone. used to be at Toys R Us. Well, they're online, right? Or are they? Amazon probably owns them. Amazon owns everything. Shout out to Amazon. (laughs) He's just making stuff up. Anyways, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. So when we moved out to Indiana, um, oh, I I worked at Toys R Us. I did uh, work at Target for a little bit, and then I worked at Best Buy as well. 
So right. I got the taste of, um, you know, being an employee, uh, what that looks like, you know, having responsibilities, duties, people that count on me, um, you know, and tasks I needed to complete. So that was different. Um, but I knew, like, man, there was one December, like, my boy uh, Josh and Tony, we were very competitive on the sales floor. This was right when uh, plasmas were, like, still $5,000. I was just thinking about that right now. Crazy. Top salesman right here, bro. No. Yo, yo. Man, you know what really changed it for me was December. There was a holiday in 2006. Um, bro, I sold them $250,000 worth of uh, product. And I did the math on that, on what I was getting paid hourly. And it was less than 1%. And you were like, this, is ain't, this ain't I it. I see why my dad does what he does. <laughs> Yo, was no. your dad looking at you kind of crazy? Because you were, like, working at these stores instead of, like... No, he wanted me to. He wanted I, you to yeah. get the... Yeah, 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 because... I mean, you got to be in the business to run a, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and I needed that experience. I wanted that experience. I needed it. You know, I, um, that stuff builds character in, in you. So those are your experiences. And, um, you know, I got to be a manager. I oversaw a team. Um, I, I always like wherever I went, I started at the bottom and then kind of worked my way, uh, up from whatever position I did. But my biggest, my, my, parents biggest thing about coming here was you got to get a degree big on education um they don't really talk to us about like trades um being a radiologist or working construction or they don't talk to like go get your degree that that's what you had to do you you come here we brought you here you got to go get a degree and at this point i was like man School. I wasted two years at College of DuPage. I think uh, I was still. We were still yeah, hanging we were out. Still hanging out. I was still around the Lombard area. Um, my parents moved out to Indiana. I was working at Best Buy at the time. I transferred out there, left Best Buy, did those numbers, um, and then for a while I, I left. I didn't have a job. I was just going to school. Um, we moved out to Indiana, so I went to Ivy Tech, which was like community college out there. Um, and then I transitioned into uh, Indiana University. We, I, I transferred my credits over there. And at the time, I even went and tried sold, uh, selling cars. I sold cars for like three weeks, uh, Mitsubishi dealership in South Holland, bro. How was that? Um, it was different, but I learned something. Everywhere I went, I learned something. Um, real quick, bro. Now that you, you did go to school and you did graduate and that's what your parents uh, wanted you to do, how do you feel about that now? Like, for your kids, would you want them to get a degree, go to school, or would you want them to? I don't have to? kids yet, but, but what I do. You know, uh, I'm not, yeah. well, what's your mindset? Because obviously that was your parents. Uh, Everybody's experience is going to be different. Uh, we don't know what the world's going to look like right. you know, in 10, 20 years. Um, school... You know, it was really cool because it, it helped me network with people. Again, I, you know, met some really cool people. Um, but the one thing that was cool about my experience was I actually, after I, those retail jobs and selling cars for three weeks, you asked me how that was, it, was, it wasn't that good. But, I mean, I made 2400 bucks, but it was sleazy business. I mean, it was, You're being a scumbag, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's car sales. It's shitty hours and... The, you you got to deal with sales managers and all the BS, so I'm good on that. Um, my dad had, uh, at, at that point, my dad had sold his stores on the west side of Chicago. 
him and my cousin opened up a, a store that is still in the family to this day um, in Hobart, um, Indiana. And they opened that in 2005. And um, so he had like a little cell phone section to it. So when I was going to school, I was like, man, I don't want to keep job hopping. I want to do something for myself. I want to own something. So he had the cell phone store. So I actually had, I was like, okay, I could do this. I don't want to deal with the tobacco and the lottery because that's too much money. But I wanted to open something small. So I did. I ended up opening a little cell phone store in Portage, Indiana. My rent was like 800 bucks, two-year lease. I didn't know what I was doing, but cost me $15,000. I had 7000 saved up. My dad helped me with the other eight that I paid back. And, um, you know, that was really cool because I got to experience going to school and applying what I was learning, um, you know, while I was running the business. Like, there's spreadsheets that I created when I was in school that I still use at my gyms today, that my staff uses at my gyms today. So that was cool, like being able to apply it. But not everybody has that experience, you know? Right. Um, I don't know, man. I just feel like, you know, I, I would want my kids to do whatever is going to make them happy. You know what I mean? Like, whatever they're going to be passionate about because... Money's not everything. It's a resource. It, it makes things easier for sure. It's a nice know. tool. It is. It, uh, it's all it is. is a resource to get things. I mean, but when the pandemic was happening, you know, money was nothing. If you couldn't go out and spend it, money became irrelevant, right? So health is wealth. I mean. That's facts. You know, and that's something that I, I preach. I know I got my jewel. Everybody's got their vice. I got, you know, my little nicotine habits, but. Um. Yeah. Okay. So that's the answer that you wouldn't. You would basically encourage them to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, not, whatever they're not necessarily. About. Don't chase the money, man. Chase whatever's gonna make you happy. The money will come. I mean, if you're passionate about something, like you build it. That's what you guys are doing here. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, you tell me, you know, you grew. This set looks different. Like it's good. Like I want to see you guys prosper. I love seeing growth. I love seeing success. Um, you know, and I just love positive energy and positive people, you know, and I try to surround myself with that. Um, I've always been unique because of my family. You know, we had to stand out. Everybody, you know, is fighting for attention, you know, and now we're in an attention crazed era, yeah. you know, with social media. So that's what it is. Yeah. So that's what kind of made me unique. I, I had a strong family uh, backbone and structure. Um, but again, with the money thing is. Do whatever you're just going to, you know, I wanted to play basketball as a kid. You know, I went to school, like, I wanted to be a lawyer. I didn't know anything about anything. Like, I, I was like, yeah, political science, that's what I want to do. No. There's way too much paperwork, too many <laughs> reports. I, I don't have the attention span for all that. Um, and I'm a hustler, man. I like making money. I grew up under, you know, listening to Jay-Z preach about that. So look at what he do, does now, man. I mean, the man... Did like five hundred million dollars in deals for selling equity in two companies last yeah. month or whatever it was. What did he sell his company to Square or something like that? Yeah, he sold uh, half of. Well, he sold half of um, Ace of Spades, the champagne to Henny. That was like a two hundred. Don't call me on these deals. But, but yeah, but, major deals. Yeah, five hundred million uh, or two hundred and fifty million for that deal, and then he sold uh, Title, which he already had sold thirty three percent of. Um, so. Every business, you got to build value in it. It's 100%. He so did that, that. Oh, man. So he sold 33% to Sprint, and then now he 
sold the rest of it to the guy Square. from Square. Yeah. Five hundred million. Dude, now you Google his net worth is one point four billion. These numbers are crazy. I don't know. This money is just rampant. <laughs> it's everywhere. You know, but we were talking about that. Like everything's costing more. You know, living is going up. Like houses. You can't even buy a house right now. Lumber's skyrocketed. You know? Yeah. Uh, Illinois people I think it's are triple flops. You know? Yeah. It's triple crazy. the cost right now. Yeah. Uh, my brother. So going into uh talking about your business and you know, we did touch a little bit on uh, the how was it pre pandemic and how was it during the pandemic? So let's talk about that, man. Like as a business owner, uh when you first found out or you know, kinda when it hit everybody. Yo, I was scared just like everybody else. You know, shit hit the fan. I had all these businesses. I didn't know where I was going to come up with the money to pay rent. I didn't know what I was going to tell my staff to do. Um, It was crazy when nobody ever imagined the country shutting down the way it did, right? No. Um, It was wild. And, like, to me, as an owner, as a boss, as a manager, there was no leadership. There was no one, like, message across the board it was like 50 states 50 people imagine that you got kids you got multiple kids imagine if they ran the household you gave them the rules that's kind of what happened i mean nobody knew what this was everybody's lives have changed or you know but the cool thing about this you know what frustrated me about the pandemic as a gym owner is the fact that they didn't preach health and immune system uh, taking your vitamins, working out, sleeping right. Like, they had the liquor stores open. Those were essential. Gyms were closed. It made no sense. Um, but, again, there was no leadership. There was no set guidelines on what – this was uncharted waters for everybody. Um, so I was definitely scared. Um, you know, once I realized that everybody was going to get relief, I mean, they, they passed out money like it was, you know, candy – um, you know, with these stimulus packages. I mean, they were just printing money and depositing it into people's accounts. You know, it just, they pumped it. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to take advantage of some of that stuff, you know. Um, and I helped my dad do the same. Like, my, if my dad, you know, didn't have me, he wouldn't have been able to apply for the PPP um, or the EIDL loans. Like, he didn't know anything And not necessarily take advantage, advantage, but actually... Utilizing it as a resource. Exactly, because the help is there for people that actually need it. Now, people that take advantage would be somebody that doesn't need it but will go and get it. You know, and I feel like for you guys, you guys are. Yeah, exactly. You guys are uh, in need of that resource. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, And again, like, it, it was challenging. I was fortunate enough that I had landlords that were willing to work with me. They spread out payments, they extended leases. You know, we worked it out. You that's know, that's dope. That's awesome. Um, and I think people are starting to come back to the gyms, like slowly but surely. You know, even the older crowds coming back. Like, you know, that a lot of people are vaccinated now. That too. Um, wow. You know, you can walk into places without a mask now, which is nice. Well, aren't we supposed to be fully open like next Wednesday or something like that? June eleventh, but they yeah. still have 100%. restrictions on on some stores, like where they still require yeah. a mask or whatnot. But yeah, yeah if yeah, you but are we're fully, fully open, yeah, right? yeah, there's some stores like. Um, Target, they didn't care that I didn't have a mask, but it depends on where you're at, too. I mean, you go to Indiana, nobody's rocking masks. I was, nobody's wearing a mask. Yeah, same difference. Do you still require a mask at your stores? In my gyms? Man, I didn't police it. Like, I, you got to be able to breathe. Like, yeah, (laughs) well, that's what I'm asking because, you know, you are working out, so it's like, you know, it makes it harder. Man, your body is a good dude. Our bodies 
are amazing. Our minds are amazing. Like, we got to use them. Like, it, it's your body fights off these diseases. It needs, you know, the, the toxins to figure out what to do with it. Right. You know, um, I just, like, it, it was tragic how many people died from it. But, I mean, people die every day. I mean, people die every day. And this, this seems to happen every 10, you know, 10 years or so. Something major hits, you know, and, and it know. takes out people. Um, I'm not going to go into conspiracy theories, but, but I mean. That's dude, the truth, though, right? How do I we mean, know, we look back in history and that's, that's what's been happening for, well, you know. How do we know this is not the new way that wars are being fought? Correct. I mean. This could be chemical warfare. We don't know that without it being televised. We don't know. I mean, and the reason we have that is because, you know, we've been lied to as a people. We were told, you know, Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. He didn't. You know, like, they, our policies, the people that have put those, you know, in place. And I think our generation is changing. You know, the younger generation is changing that, though, that mentality. And And I truly believe that, so. You are the younger generation, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm well, I see that. Man. I see that beard, bro, and I'm like, ah. there's grays in there. Man, I, I got some I grays in my too, barber, bro. and man, shout out to Abe in displays, but man, you gotta get me in, bro. This books he have, you know, like. And that's what's up. So I feel like um, with the first uh, rounds of stimulus and and packages of relief, I mean, they were obviously needed especially for business owners, for people who lost jobs, who we didn't know what this was, right? Um, and it obviously helped out. Like you said, you know, you, you were able to help yourself, help your pops, you know, uh, not necessarily take advantage, but just you needed the help. I brought my staff back, dude. Like, we, we had to open back up. What was cool about me is because I've got gyms in three different states, so the, I had different guidelines in each state, but... My, my employees were hungry to get back. You know, we all believe in working out and the power of it. Like, so, like, we needed to come back. We didn't know what to do during the pandemic. You know, I I was fortunate enough that I have the keys, so I was working out every day during the pandemic. You know, I was kind of, like, on a schedule. Like, I'd wake up. I had a group of, you know, my uncle Kamal and uh, personal trainer uh, Danny and, like, one other member. We would all just meet up and display. Yeah, I remember you posting that, too. Yeah. Yeah, just... It was different times, man. Um, but I do think things are coming back. Um, people are getting vaccinated. Um, you know, and we're just going to keep rolling with the punches. Um, the, stim- the first round of stimulus packages definitely helped small businesses. The next other ones, man, it's like they're just writing these bills up, and we don't know what's in them, you know. Right. Who's, who's double-checking this stuff? Who's, you know, what's crazy to me is, like, how are we even debt? Like, how do we not have money? Like, <laughs> But we've got money. Oh, yeah. I said we do have money. It's just. Yeah. We got money. So now with, with the latest uh, packages that were passed out, and I, we talked a little bit that they want to pass another one, the infrastructure plan, like something like $6 trillion. Do you think the last one was even needed? Um, I mean, they are putting more restrictions, you know, for if you do want to apply for loans and whatnot. I think yeah. Obviously, they caught, caught to what were people well, were probably doing. Well, and it doing. changed, too, because there, yeah. there was grants that I didn't get the first time that, like, so I have a club in Hazelcrest, uh, Illinois. I ended up getting, because it was counted in a low-income area, that um, they ended up giving me the advance grant of $10,000 for that business, you know, that we, we need, we desperately need. My rent is, like, 13 and some change over there, you know, and with, with um, a lower-income area, you're going to have 
you know, billing issues with members. You know, you're going to have bad billing, you know, uh, delinquency accounts. But that club is, you know, it's growing. It's still growing. I opened that club in July of 2018, um, you know, but it, it, it's a gym, man. People want, you know, it's good for the community. People, like, I even let kids as young as 12 years old sign up at my gyms because it's somewhere to be. Like, if I had somewhere to be when I was a kid, I wouldn't be getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Um, so I think resources need to be allocated correctly. But, I mean, it's bureaucracy, man. Everybody's, it's the government. Everybody wants their hands in it. So everybody's got to get paid. This is, this is the country. you got to pay oh, and yeah. play. Yeah. So That's facts. A, a little bit off topic, bro. Just because you said you, you're letting 12-year-olds sign up. So is that a is that a owner uh, thing? Or is that yeah. like, like your decision? Well, Cause obviously cause it's got to coincide with and, my insurance. Yeah. Um, they know that, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as and we have rules with it. I mean, I don't let them come in during non-staffed hours. Um, they do have to be accompanied by an adult if okay. we're not there. But, I mean, I do allow the parents to drop them off. You know, get an hour, two-hour two workout. These kids need to be doing that stuff, you know? Yeah. That's what's up. And that would be getting into a whole different conversation about where we are at um, with obesity numbers in, in the United States compared to other countries, they didn't bro. talk to us so, about our health. Right. So, I mean, and we, you know, next time you come on, bro, we can definitely chop yeah. it up about that and talk about, you know, get in depth into all, all that, you know? Yeah. Because there's much to talk about when For we sure. bring stuff like that up, health and obesity and stuff like that yeah Absolutely. um so to keep going with uh i mean obviously you you, you made it through the pandemic thankfully you know um yeah i didn't close any of my gyms um you know uh, but i was worried about it for a while for sure uh, it was scary times but again they they helped the government here helped and, and it's unfortunate because you can see in other countries that are getting ravaged like in colombia right now dude there's they're fighting in the streets with the police and yeah, they they're are. killing each other left and right because there's no stable government. You know, there's there's no, like, people are leaving in flocks. Like, how many people are uh, crossing the border right now because they're leaving these third world situations because they have no, like, people that, like, man, if you got a home and a flood hits you and you lose everything, yeah, I'll pay $5,000 to make that trek uh, up north to risk it. Why not? Right. I got you have to because they don't have an option, you know, and it's unfortunate that there are uh, countries like that. But here we got a government, we got a system, you know, uh, things are changing. Um, I'd like to see a younger um, demographic get into politics. But I mean, politics is its own game. Like, it, yeah. it's it's completely different. It's yeah. just different people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do want to cover how like now that um we're kind of we're opening back up your gyms are getting filled back up you know thankfully um and how hard it is to to get people to work yeah man finding uh good help has been challenging for sure uh the job market i mean because of these policies i mean unemployment should have been cut off a year ago you know like maybe not that far but but, you know like in november when they started opening things back up a little bit they should have eased back on those restrictions or there's got to be a better system on how to check this stuff you know what i mean like there's it's just i don't know it's a clusterfuck right now um but developing uh good people um has been challenging but i love the team that i have Uh, i got a good uh team now but Obviously, with seven locations, staffing's always going to be an issue for me. 
Um, you know, God forbid, um, Cat in Florida tells me, hey, I got to go. As a business owner, I got to figure out how to get down there and what the logistics of it would look like to train, onboard, and bring somebody on. It's a four to six week period. Like, it's no it's joke. no joke, right. And as the business owner, I, the, it, I'm the one. It's no one else's no. responsibility. It's, it, yeah, it's going to fall on me to do it. Because if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And that's just been my mentality with everything I do. So, Which I think is the perfect mentality to have, bro, because nobody's going to uh, do as you do, you know? No. But everybody's or, got their own role, um, you know. And like I said, I can't do it all by myself, too. My team, um, you know, if they're not opening the gyms, you know, people aren't getting serviced, you know. my, And, and that's the thing, like, there's over 4,500 uh, individual uh, franchises with Anytime Fitnesses globally. So they have, like, 4,500 gyms. Um, and there's multiple, multiple club owners and people that own one. And this is not just for gyms, but in any business, if you open it up, you got to be engaged. If you're not engaged, you're not going to see um, the fruits of your labor, right? Um, and nothing happens overnight. It, it, trust me, like, I put, like, pre-pandemic, dude, like, man, the debt I had was, you can only imagine the kind of debt I take out on opening a business and that's my risk you know and i'm willing to do that um because i understand it takes a while for things to grow like you know i i again like just engagement is even if it's a small business or a podcast or anything if you're engaged you're gonna see it and you just gotta be patient patience is huge you know it's a key so yes sir no, I agree, bro. I definitely agree. Did you have? A- I was no. Nah, I was gonna, you know, start. We we went down, kind of like, psh, yeah, we're all on a decline that. emotionally <laughs> and fucking mentally and all kinds. So I just wanted to bring back you were you were jumping into all the locations that you have. Um, now we are always recording here in A Town with my boy Checo. You know, here at the studio for Compass and Filter. Yep. So Reserve. you have a location here in Aurora. I do. It's in uh, West Aurora and West Aurora Plaza. It's on Galena. Um, Anytime Fitness over there. Um, Katie's the manager over there, so go see her. Get signed up. That gym is beautiful. It's huge. It's a ton of toys to play with. Um, huge functional training space. Um, good gym. I actually have a trainer. His name is Jim there, too, as well, so go see him. Jim, <laughs> Jim. Uh, all right, bet. Jim yeah, so for all our listeners, man, Anytime Come Fitness on Galena. Come check us out. Yeah, go check them out. Uh, mention Compass on Filter. You mm. might get a hookup, you know? Yeah, we got you. Yeah. yeah the, 50%. The, the, <laughs> we'll get you a free T-shirt. Yeah, we'll get you a T-shirt, <laughs> little towel. You're going to dry towel. your little sweat if you actually work no, out. this is cool. I like that. I came um, back up here, um, you know, but teach your kids ownership, man. That's the biggest you know thing I want people to take away from this is just owning what you have and understanding percentages. Um, one thing that I would really harp on is really, like, understanding before you start any business, make sure everybody knows what their role is and what what they're bringing to the table. That's all I got to say. Yeah, for sure. You got anything else, Jekyll? Well, I think that's it. We'll start wrapping it up. Man, I appreciate you coming back Hell on, yeah. brother. Um, for sure. As an inspiration to us, um, and I'm sure to our listeners, brother, to see, an, you know, like the story from where it began, bro, with your father 
and how it bled over to you and, and he instilled, you know, the ownership and entrepreneurship um, onto you and I'm sure to your siblings, bro. Dude, we appreciate the story, bro. And like I said, our listeners yeah, will definitely enjoy me. it, brother. No, this was and good. And I hope, thanks you know, we wish me. you the best, brother. I can't wait to come back up here and it looks even doper. I'm sure, bro. Let's hope we, let's hope we have a location by, by then, bro. I would say next time you come back, we're going to actually have a spot, bro. Let's hope, brother. Let's hope. We can only work let's harder, go. bro. You know what I mean? But <laughs> hey, if you come tomorrow, bro, we're going to be here, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to work tomorrow. Come on, <laughs> go ahead. Check uh, on. Wrap bro. us up, dog. Well, again, bro, thank you for coming on. You know, We really do appreciate it. And uh, for all of our listeners, man, definitely go check out the the Sangalina, right? Yep, the Anytime Fitness. Anytime Fitness Sangalina. Use that compass unfiltered code, you know. Let them know. They'll know. They'll know. They'll know. Katie will call them. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, yo, yo. These fools over here talking crazy about compass unfiltered. What's going on right now? Yeah, man. We got a good membership base there. It's a good spot. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Definitely go check it out. Obviously, subscribe, man. You guys got to subscribe. Follow our social media. If there's anything you want us to put up, compa yo-yo, we'll definitely do it. We'll put it in the description and stuff. You know what I mean? I'll put the address and whatnot for the locations. You know what I mean? For sure. And... This is Compass Unfiltered, man. Hey, Compass Unfiltered. Ahí estamos. Baby, we are. Deuces. Deuces.